welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello, hello. How are you all doing? It's so good to be together today. Um, It's just so good to be in the house of the Lord, even online. We're speaking life, excuse me, over you today. We're speaking hope over you and into your home today. We're speaking salvation into your house today. And we're believing that, you know, even in this season that you are seeing that only goodness and mercy is following you. So I want to get into the message this morning. It's Palm Sunday and Palm Weekend, really, if you're watching on Saturday night. And this is a time where we would be saying Hosanna, Hosanna, and reminding one another of scriptures where it says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we want to give thanks to God today because he is the one who saves us. Uh, Pastor Jake has been doing an incredible job of bringing us through week after week on this Remember When series. You know, last week was a phenomenal message as he just unpacked Second Chronicles 20 and, you know, where Jehoshaphat said, I, we, I don't know what to do, God, but my eyes are on you. It was such a beautiful reminder, even in this season, Lord, we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. And what did God instruct Jehoshaphat to do? He instructed Jehoshaphat to put the worship team on the front lines, you know, to put the worship team at the front of the battle seems wild and seems crazy. And in, in the midst of an impossible situation, why would you send the singers and the, and the you know, the ones that played uh, instruments out to the front of the battle? But that's what God told him to do. So he did that. And you know, what was interesting was even in the midst of, of the battle, they weren't singing a song about the battle. They weren't singing about the mountain. They weren't singing about the valley. They weren't singing about the trial. They weren't singing about the trouble. They weren't singing about the tribulation. No. What did God instruct them to sing a song about? They sang a song of thanksgiving. They said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And what a beautiful reminder to all of us in this season to keep giving thanks, church. Keep giving thanks to those of you who are watching online. I know that in a season where we're becoming tired and maybe discouraged and and weary, we can catch ourselves complaining a lot. We can hear things, you know, talks going on in our home. I want to remind you to be a giver of thanks. You know, something happened in our house the other night and I heard the Lord just whisper in my ear and he said, you know, Jen, this isn't the time for grievances. This is not the time for griping. This is the time for gratitude and just seeing the power of gratitude seeing the power of thanksgiving even in that story in second chronicles 20 where the power of thanksgiving literally crushed the head of the enemy the power of our thanksgiving to god today and each and every day bears the power to crush the head of the enemy so we could look at that in in the reverse is if we're complaining or if we're griping or if we're nitpicking this and nitpicking that i think what happens well i know what happens is we're actually inviting the enemy to come in, but we don't think about it like that in that moment because we're tired and maybe we're feeling emotional. But if we were really to realize what we are allowing when we complain, when we grumble and we gripe, you know, we don't want to knowingly say, hey, Satan, 
why don't you come in? No, that's terrible. But I want to remind you today to apply Thanksgiving to your life, to apply Thanksgiving to the situations that you don't necessarily want to be thankful for, but apply it. Because I believe that when we apply Thanksgiving, we are applying the grace of God. We are applying the blood of Jesus that says, Satan, you shall not pass. Satan, you will not have your way. You will not have your way in my emotions. You will not have your way in my marriage. You will not have your way in my workplace. You will not have your way in my children. You will not have your way in my home. I am going to give thanks. I'm going to go to the front of this battle. I'm going to go out to the battle and I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to give thanks to God. Watch what he will do. Apply the blood of Jesus so that God can move on my behalf. And you know who gets the glory? God gets the glory. We get the freedom and we get to see his kingdom come into our life. Church, let's be a church. Let's be a people who are really, 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 truly thankful to God in, what, in everything that he has done. It's Palm Sunday today. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm thankful for a God that saved me today. I'm thankful for a God that brought me out. I'm thankful for a God that's restored me and my family. I'm thankful for a God who continues to, to give me hope for my future today. I am thankful for Jesus Christ. So we're going to continue our series today on Remember When. And, and I want to... Um, Talk about a, a, an awe-inspiring woman in the Bible that you might not know about, and, and many of you, you know, might just be as encouraged by her life as, as I've been encouraged. And you know what? There was just three scriptures about her in the Bible. Three scriptures about her in the Bible, but she was mentioned in the Bible. I think that's significant any time that we see someone in, mentioned in the Bible. And this woman's name was Anna. Her name was Anna, and Anna was a prophetess. The story of Anna is a story of redemption. It's a story of a woman's fierce faith and unrelenting devotion to God. It's a story of a woman who would not let go of the promises of God. It's a testimony. This story truly is a testimony of the fruit of a life devoted, devoted in the temple day and night, worshiping, fasting, and praying to God. I heard the Lord tell me um, this week to tell you he said, tell them that there shall be a fulfillment. Tell them that there shall be a fulfillment of the things that I've spoke to them about. Tell them that they're a remnant of the promises of God. You, the Lord told me to tell you this, you are a remnant of the promises of God. You are a testimony of the promises of God. Hold fast, church, and do not let go. You are a remnant in your family. You are a remnant in your bloodline for a reason. Some of you have carried things in your life. You've carried things in your heart, and you don't understand why that you've carried these things for so long. And you've, you've even said, how long, how long, how long? And God's saying to you today, don't stop believing. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Just like Anna, your life can be a testimony and can be a living testimony of holding on to the promises of God. Church, if you're tuning in today, do not let go of the promises of God. It's our faith in God that pleases him, not our works. It's our faith in God that pleases him. So if you have a Bible or a device, open, uh, just open it up to the book of Luke. And I'm going to try to read it here. It's a little bit dark in here. 
But Luke 2.36 says, And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and praying day and night. And coming up to that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. She spent her entire life waiting for the redemption of Israel. So Luke was the writer of this story. Luke was obviously the writer of Luke. Luke was a physician. He was known to be very detailed. But in this story, there's a little bit of a narrative gap uh, in, in that last verse. And we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Um, but when you, when you read the Bible, especially young people, if you're new to this, when you read the Bible and there's only a few verses written about someone, know that there's probably a little bit more in there than what meets the eye. So what I did with this story was I started underlining words like prophetess. I underlined Anna. I underlined, I underlined Fanuel. I underlined Asher. I, under, I underlined widow. I underlined these numbers. I underlined worshiping, fasting, and prayer. So the first thing I want to talk about was that she was a prophetess. Anna was a prophetess. She was a foreteller. She was a seer. Anna could see things that nobody else saw, and she could hear things that nobody else heard. Why? Because she spent her life devoted to praying in the temple. Anna's name means grace, and it means favor. Names are important. Pastor Jake talked about this a few weeks ago. He said, God is calling you by your name. He said it again. He said, God is calling you by your name. God isn't saying, hey, you, or hey, buddy. God is calling you by your name today. What does your name mean? Maybe you don't know what your name means. I would encourage you today to look up what your name means. God is calling you by your name. Her father's name was Fanuel. That means face of God. It means face of God. It was a redemptive name. It was the only time that you will see him mentioned in the Bible. But another derivative of his name is Peniel. And that was in Genesis 32, where Jacob was wrestling with God. And he would not let go until the Lord gave him what he promised him. He said, I'm not letting go of you, God, until you bless me. We need to make a note of that when we're reading this. So they mentioned the tribe of Asher here. Asher means blessed. Asher was also one of Leah's sons. Uh, Asher was one of the lost tribes of Israel and, and one of the lost northern tribes of Israel. Uh, that was taken over by Assyria. Um, but if you read in Genesis or Jeremiah 23, 8, you'll see that the Lord brought them back. What was lost, what was found. So there's something redemptive happening there. Uh, Anna was a widow after seven years. And then, it, and, and, then, and, and then she was praying and fasting in the temple until she was 84. But what we need to notice here is that seven is the number of completion. Numbers are important in the Bible. Seven is the number of completion. 84 represents the completion of God's people. So if you multiply seven by 12, you get 84. 12 would represent the 12 tribes of Israel, and that's where we would get Asher from. She was a worshiper of God. She fasted and she prayed day and night, night and day. She was devoted. She was a woman that was all in. She was a woman that was constant. She was a woman of faith. She was a woman of strength. She was a woman that was focused. She was a woman that was disciplined. She was a woman that stood upon the promises of God. Like I said, she could hear what nobody else heard. She could see what nobody else sees because she she dedicated her life to praying and fasting in the temple. She lived 
her entire life to see the redemption of Israel. And it says here, in coming up to that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to, to him of all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. If you look above this verse or above this passage here, before it talks about Anna, you'll miss this if you don't study it out in different translations. You will see when she was offering uh, sacrifices to God in the temple, who walked into the temple to dedicate their baby? Mary and Joseph came into the temple to, to dedicate baby Jesus. Simeon dedicated baby Jesus in the temple. And her life's devotion, her life's uh, mission here where she was waiting, to, waiting on the redemption of Israel, she got to see it because she continued to pray. She continued to fast. She continued to seek God. I can only imagine her excitement in that moment of spending 63 years of her life in the temple to finally get to see the face of God. That would be incredible. Be incredible. So I want to say to you today, church, there's redemption in your bloodline. Her father's name was Phanuel, face of God. There was redemption in his name. There was a promise in his name that he would see the face of God. The other place where his name was mentioned or a derivative of was Peniel, where Jacob wrestled with God. There was redemption in their bloodline that they would get what they came for, that they were a family of strength that would not let go of the promises of God. There's redemption in your bloodline. The tribe of Asher representing completion. There was redemption in their bloodline. There was to be a fulfillment in their family of those things spoken over them. And I want to say again to you today that there will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment in your family of those things spoken to you from the Lord. There is redemption in your bloodline. Just like Anna, who spent 63 years of her life in the temple, day and night, night and day, seeking the face of God, seeking the face of God. Her father's name meant face of God. She, she dedicated her life to this. Even after being widowed, you know, she could have chosen just to be destitute or, or just to be distraught or, or just to, to just give up. But she didn't give up. She decided that she was going to give her life to the one who would not forsake her. And that was her God. That was her God because she knew there was something inside of her. There was something inside of Anna that would not let go of the promises of God. There's something inside of you that is watching today. There is something inside of you that will not let go of the promises of God. There's dreams that you have carried in your heart and you've at times wondered, is this God or is this me? And, and maybe you'll let them go for a season, but they'll come back. I'm telling you today, do not let go of the dream. Do not let go of the promises of God. There is redemption in your bloodline. And I believe that God is restoring things back. I believe that there is a restoration happening in this season of the promises of God in your life, in your family's life, and in your home, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's redemption in our bloodline. There's redemption in our bloodline. So what do we have to do? We have to draw near to God. 
like the word says, and he will draw near to us. It doesn't just happen. It didn't just happen for Anna. She had to show up each and every day in the temple. She had to stay constant. She had to stay in hope. She had to stay in faith. I'm telling you today, church, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Do not be lazy about your season. Do not be lazy about your relationship with God, young people. Be constant in devotion. Be constant in your dedication to the Lord. Don't lose focus of who you are and who God has called you to be. It can be so easy to lose focus. Like the book of James says, you know, when we walk away from the mirror, we forget who we are. Well, what's the mirror? This is the mirror, the word of God. Keep the word of God in front of you day and night, night and day. Even when you don't feel like it, Jen? Yeah, especially when you don't feel like it. Be constant and be dedicated. And if you have to be a young person, get accountability in your life to keep the word of God in front of you. It will help you. It will help you not to lose focus of who you are and what God's called you to be. Did you know that your life will head in the direction of your dominant thoughts? Our life will head in the direction of our dominant thoughts. And for many of us, that's not a good thing. The word of God will help wash our hearts. The word of God will help wash our minds. You know what? And what else will help keep our life on course is prayer. Nothing is going to keep our life on course, on heaven's course, like prayer. The other thing we can see in it with the story of Anna is you're not too old. I want to say that to some of you. You are not too old. And this isn't the it. This isn't just it. And this is not the end. You are not too old. And this is not the end. Anna was 84, 84 years old before she saw what she had carried inside of her heart for so long. Her father's name meant the face of God. She got to see, she got to see the promise really of her father. I believe that many of us are living in a season where we're going to be able to see the promises of God fulfilled in our life. You are not too old, and this isn't it. And you're not too young either. If you're not dead, you're not done. And you could say, wow, Jenny, that was really harsh. No. If you're not dead, you're not done. If you've got breath in your life today, if you are breathing, if you are alive, if you are here, then God is not finished with you yet. Here's something else I want to say is don't let others talk you out of what God has shown you. I see this a lot in people's life. I've seen it in my own life too. Don't let others talk you out of what God has shown you. If God has shown you something, if God has spoken to your heart about something, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Write it down. Write it everywhere if you have to so you don't forget. And don't let others talk you out of what God has told you. God speaks to us for a reason. He tells us things for a reason. And he tells us things that perhaps we shouldn't tell other people either because those are specific things that he wants to speak to us. Just like the Bible says, even about Jesus with Mary, it says that Mary pondered all these things in her heart. I think we got to ponder some things and we got to remind ourselves of some, some things that the Lord has spoken to us about. Don't let go of that. Don't let go of that. Your surrender church will position you to receive the promises of God. Not our striving. I think so many times when we don't see things happening in our life, we want to make it happen. We want to try to do this. We want to try to do that. We have to meet this person. We have to meet that person. But I don't see that with Anna. Anna didn't seem like a very fancy person, you know? I'm sure some people maybe didn't even really know who she was. 
but God knows who she was. She was mentioned in the Bible. Her surrender positioned her to receive the promises of God. Her surrender positioned her to, to receive the fullness of what God had promised. And I can only imagine how pumped she was, how pumped she was when there was Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and Simeon there, you know? And, she, and you know how she knew that it was Jesus? Because she was a prophetess, because she had spent time in the temple. She was seeing what nobody else saw. She was hearing what nobody else heard. Her surrender to God positioned her to receive and to see the promises of God. Your surrender will position you to receive your generational blessing. And parents, I truly believe that our surrender, even for our children, will position our families and our homes to receive generational blessing. We must cease from striving. We must embrace surrender. We must cease from busyness and we must embrace rest. We must cease from running away from Jesus and we must embrace drawing near to Jesus. It would have been easy for Anna to say, I'm not gonna to go to the temple, this is my life, it's, it's gonna be terrible, there's nothing left for me. There was something inside of her that said, no, I'm gonna see the face of God. I'm gonna see the face of God. Wherever you're watching from today, if you could just lift your hands up to Jesus today. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are the God of seasons, that you are the God of fulfillment, that you are the God of redemption, that you are the one who hears, you are the one that sees, you are the God that created us, you are the God that instilled things inside of us. You are the God that gives us strength to endure, Lord Jesus, and to not let go of the promises of God. God, and I pray for everybody that's watching today. In this holy moment, Lord Jesus, Lord, if we have forgotten some things that you have spoken to us about, would you remind us in this moment? Would you remind us of who we are? Would you remind us of the generational promises in our family? Would you remind us of what is in our bloodline, Lord Jesus? God, that we would once again pick it up, that we would once again hold fast, that we would once again stand firm upon the promises of God and embrace this place of surrender, Lord Jesus. God, we take our place. We trust in you. God, we thank you that this is a season of fulfillment. Lord Jesus, I speak blessing upon every person watching today. I speak grace upon every person watching today. I speak fulfillment upon every person watching today. Lord, I just say that hope is rising today in the name of Jesus. I speak life over you today. I speak favor over you today. I speak vision over you today. May you dream again today in the name of Jesus. I speak um, strength into your backbone today in the name of Jesus and where the enemy has maybe tried to talk you out of things I just pray that the Lord's voice would be louder than every other voice reminding you of who you are reminding you of your destiny in him reminding you to the things that he has called you to and I say in the name of Jesus may you not let go of the promises of God in the name of Jesus may you stand strong for your family in the name of Jesus may you stand strong for your future and I declare today that there will be a fulfillment fulfillment of those things spoken to you, promised from the Lord. Church, person tuning in, do not let go of the promises of God. All the promises of God 
our yes and amen. Anna was found worshiping. She was found praying. She was found fasting in the temple. Was it enough? It was more than enough. Her surrender positioned her to receive the promises of God. Our surrender will position us in this season to receive the promises of God. Don't strive. Don't fear. Don't worry. You've carried these things in your heart. Your for some of you, your entire life for a reason. Like Anna, 84 years, do not let go. Do not let go. Like the scripture says, um, did you believe that we would see the glory of the king? Yeah, we believe that we will see the glory of our risen king. And we all said, amen. Church, we love you. Church, we stand together and we don't, we don't stand alone this season. But we truly believe that even in seasons of uncertainty, even in the seasons that it could seem like unrest, that God is doing things inside of your life. God is doing things inside of our life. God is doing things inside of our church family, beyond the realms of what we could see, beyond the realms of what we could understand, beyond the realms of what we could possibly know as we continue to not let go and hold on to the promises of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We don't live our life in vain. We live our life in faith for the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Hey, I want to do one more thing. If you've been watching today and you know there's just something that's been pricking your heart where you felt like you've been living away from the Lord, Perhaps you felt like you've just wandered away from the Lord a little too far this season and it's time for you to come back. There's a tugging and pulling in your heart and saying, I need to come back and live my life for the Lord. Perhaps you've never given your life to Jesus and you're wondering what this is all about, but there's something in your heart saying that I need to give my life for Jesus Christ. Even when you don't understand, there's something in your life. You know, my dad, I was two years old in a revival meeting and the pastor, my dad wasn't saved at the time. And the pastor uh, asked my dad, he said, do you want to, do you want to accept Jesus in your life? And my dad being Irish and really stubborn, he said, not really. What the pastor didn't know was that my dad was an alcoholic, but my dad, my dad said, yes, he didn't understand, but he said yes. And, and my family got saved that night and my dad never had another drink again. And I'm so grateful for my father's yes because it changed the history. It changed the tra trajectory of our family. And he, as he prayed that prayer. So if you wanna pray that prayer with me today, let's pray this. Say, Jesus, would you be the Lord of my life? I repent of my sins. I repent of doing life my way. I don't want to do life my way anymore. I want to do life your way. I want to learn more of what it is to live my life for you. Jesus, would you come into my heart today? Would you be the Lord of my life? Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we would love to get in touch with you. We're going to put an email address right here on the screen so you can see where you can get in touch with us. You know, we don't want to just pray this prayer and leave you all alone, but we want to do life with you. We want to help you get connected in a church wherever you at, in our church or a church wherever. We want to see you get planted in the house of the Lord so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with God. 
We love you. We believe in you, church. We believe that our best days are coming, that our best days are yet to be lived for the Lord. We love you. We'll see you next week at our Easter service. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.